Now, I don't say this often. I don't say this often. Now, I don't say this often. He's going to be a wild card in the league. Welcome back to the Wild Cards Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Coleman Madlin. I'm joined here today with my very good friends and fellow co-hosts. We're friends? Oh, Joshua Sykes. Brandon Hartke. It's hard being out here on the on the Wild Cards podcast, man. All, all the shade being thrown around. But it's a good thing that we, we can uh, avoid it and, and move on to the major news of the week. So, Brandon, do you want to start us off? Yeah, man. Um, So, as most of y'all know, baseball season is right around the corner. I believe it starts in less than a month. I want to say that the official opening day, I want to say, is around March 27th. Yeah, so on March 20th to the 21st, um, that's the... Padres and the Dodgers will play in South Korea, and that'll be part of the 2024 season opener. That that concludes, you know, the starting date. Now, obviously, if y'all haven't kept up with baseball, um, Shohei Otani signed with the Dodgers, $700 million for 10 years, and he defers $680 million of it until his contract expires in 2033. So it's about, you know, he somehow is finessing the system, getting paid $2 million for 10 years. Um, so don't know how that happened. The, the Dodgers also signed a Japanese pitcher, Yoshinibo Yamamoto. I probably said that very, very wrong, but they signed him to a, like a $300 million contract. So they're paying two people a billion dollars alone. So, I mean, the Dodgers are really in win now mode. Um, but some other news, Kershaw ret- returns to the Dodgers. Um, the Orioles, who are you know one of the top favorites to win the AL this year, they get Corbin Burns, so now they have a good starting pitcher. The Diamondbacks, who went, who just were in the World Series, get a good bat in Jock Peterson. And I'll just give y'all one more name here. Um, the Astros get closing pitcher Josh Hader, who is a nasty lefty. Um, he throws that gas. Probably would strike Coleman out. And as for y'all Yankee fans, if y'all watch the Yankees, they got Marcus Stroman and Juan Soto. Those are some of the biggest moves this offseason. But we'll start show off with some World Series predictions. Um, Coleman, just give me two teams. Obviously, it's it, we're still a month in. People could get injured in spring training. But who do you who do you think looks the best right now to make it to the World Series? It's hard to argue against the uh, sorry the Dodgers rather. It's hard to argue against the and I was about to say Astros. It's hard to argue against them either. But uh, I have uh, the Rangers and the Dodgers matching up, and I have the Dodgers winning. It's a good one. The Rangers going. So you have the Rangers going back to the World Series. Yes, sir. I do. Okay. Um, What about you, Josh? Yeah, Josh. Uh, you know, with my prediction, I feel like we're back in the 1930s. I'm gonna go with uh, the Dodgers and the. Uh, New York Yankees, you know, just a good old uh, kind of like an old rivalry, I guess you could call it, you know, I mean, just something that those two teams are pretty uh, well known and they win a lot and they're both in kind of win now mode with the way they're doing it. So it's good. That's good. Good pick, though. Yeah, no, thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I guess I could go if I had to pick. I mean, I don't know. I think to me, Obviously, a, a spooky good team this year could be the Cincinnati Reds with Ellie De La Cruz. Obviously, they need to get more bats behind them and some better pitching. Like, I mean, Hunter Green can't do it all, but that's a spooky team to me in the NL. And then, obviously, in the American League, I got to go with the Tigers, man. Um, that, that's a spooky team, too. Coleman knows about them. Um, 
I know that yeah. they won't even win the Central. They're not even going to get close to winning. Uh, oh, my, okay. I mean, they might be yeah. bottom two. I mean, you guys might get outplayed by the White Sox. Okay. Well, that would hopefully that never happens. But I mean, the Tigers are coming back. But if I had to choose teams to play in the World Series, I would have to say in the National League, I'd have to give it to the Braves. I mean, they just always find a way to beat the Dodgers. Like, even, I mean, the Dodgers just always find a way to sell. Really, that's, that's the way I should have worded it. And in the AL, I mean, the Yankees are probably the favorites, but they always lose. So I'm going to give it to the Orioles. Um, so give me Braves versus Orioles in the World Series. Clip it. I like the Braves pick, though. I am kind of a Braves fan, but still like the pick. Yeah, I don't I mean, know about the Orioles pick. But... The Orioles, I mean, it, they the won AL's the, the AL last them. year. Yeah, they made it. Pretty the, in terms of better, best, uh, Obviously not winning, but like best uh, best record. Mm-hmm. Coleman knows. Coleman knows. I mean, the, I put the Blue Jays up there if um, Alex Manoa literally the, forgot how to pitch. I mean, that's about. I mean, they don't really like have many people supporting cast. I would say so. But we obviously know Tigers are going to the World Series. So what am I even talking about? For sure, for sure. All right, let's move on. Who wants to talk about Richard Sherman, man? I guess I will. Um... CNN reports that the Washington State Patrol uh, initially stopped Sherman, uh, which he's 35, because he was driving 79 miles per hour in a 60 mile per hour zone at uh, 2 a.m. in the morning. Uh, First of all, first question is, why are you at that late, Richard? Get home. Uh, Second of all, uh, don't ever get behind the wheel when uh, you've been drinking. I think this is kind of a message for all the viewers out there. just get an Uber or have your friend drive you. Like, just don't pick up the keys, man. I mean, bad things happen. Luckily, he was stopped before something bad could happen. But obviously, un- he was under the influence. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's tragic. You see somebody go through that uh, bad poor decision-making. And it could have ruined his career, his life, you know. And luckily, it did not. But, you know. For sure. Yeah. I agree. Let's move on to a more <clears throat> happy topic. Um or less happy if you're if you're a member of the uh, Commanders, Chiefs, uh, Chargers, or Patriots franchises. Uh, so what I'm talking about here is the NFL Players Association, the NFLPA. Uh, recently, or I guess it's the second time they've done it, they released a report card rankings for like facilities and and working envir- environments of different teams. So those come out. The players that are in those teams or franchises vote on them. Um, all the aspects. I think it's like they do one on like food so it's like kind of like subjective stuff but at the end of the day yeah. uh it, it must be like the most legitimate because uh the minnesota vikings are number two so there must uh, be right. some some logic behind it because they're getting something right although they missed that the the packers at number three and the, but anyway they, they grade like coaching staff and like how willing the uh owners are willing are like are willing to invest into the team all that type of stuff um so rounding at the top five we got miami at one uh got the dolphins there and then we got the vikings at two packers at three eagles at four and then the jags coming at the five spot and then the bottom five teams are uh number 28 being pittsburgh number 29 uh the patriots 30 chargers 31 the chiefs which everyone thought was odd since they just won but i'll i'll, I'll get uh I'll, I'll mention more about that in a second and then very last coming out uh is the commanders and that's like to be expected they're going through a management change there's definitely some disorder there. Uh, I mean, name change. I mean, that franchise has been pretty pretty bad uh, recently. So there is something, you know, 
you gotta give them cut them some slack they're going through a bit of a transition but what i said earlier i was about to mention why i mean the first thing i, I saw and i'm sure you guys noticed it too why the hell are the chiefs at 31 i mean they just want a super bowl they just want another super bowl so back to back um they're at 31 uh, and, and so i was thinking like there must be some like internal like maybe they hate their uh the food maybe the lunch like the lunch people aren't aren't cooking the best food it's like undercooked you know salmonella anyway i did my research and it, i found out the uh the Chiefs players were expecting like a locker room, a uh, a, a locker room like uh, redo, like a complete reconstruction and like something like that. And apparently, since the Chiefs like got into the playoffs and started doing well, they didn't do that for them because like they didn't know if they were going to be a, like a, a home seat, so they were going to be like there or not. So they kind of pushed that off, and apparently that made some of the players mad. But obviously, that's not going to push it all the way. I think there's like seven or eight categories, so there's definitely some disarray in certain aspects. Um, but it, it, it's yeah. crazy because one of those aspects, sorry, Brandon, was one of them was Andy Reid was the number one head coach, I'm pretty sure. So that brought him up. So if that brought him up, if they had number one and they're still at 31st, that, that's pretty bad for their facilities and everything else about that. What were you going to say, Brandon? I was just going to get like the list. I mean, they have sure. treatment of families, owner, food slash cafeteria, locker room, training staff, team travel, weight room, training room head coach strength coaches and so the chiefs they got an f for training staff which i mean i don't you know you think like a super bowl team would like love their training staff sure and they got an f minus for owner so um clearly the chiefs hate their owner the only good thing they did have like coleman said was andy reed was the best coach voted on which is like so that was, that was yeah. an a plus there but That's two f's don't you know make an a so i don't know what really is happening. wise words two f's don't make an a <laughs> i don't like i don't know like no, how no, no that was good that was good that's like the uh you know, the, the what, what is it two two negatives don't make it positive or wait two they do. wrongs don't make a right oh wait but they do two negatives do make it positive in so math anyway right. Any, I mean, anyway yeah the chief's owner getting i mean f minus i mean he must have promised them like new yachts or something for winning sure. the super bowl he just like didn't come through because i mean f minus is crazy and and do you have on there what they uh sorry what do you have on there what they got for their stadium like like physical facilities because i they just announced an almost one billion dollar renovation earlier today um yeah i could probably find that for you coleman nflpa report card but hey, do you think the reason that people are upset is because Taylor Swift, like honestly, like all the attention she's getting? And, I don't know like, how, how that would how they're treat how they're treating her versus how they're treating like other players' families. Like that could be a factor I... in that. I think. I mean, I, I could like. I could see I, it. Do I think that it's an F minus? I don't think that would be the. I mean, dude, I'm not. Right, I got. I got the whole like... list list. I got the whole list sure. for everyone. You can okay. Continue. Well, hold on, hold on. Okay, can I can I respond to? Yeah. Because I think that's like an interesting thing to propose. Like on one hand, like you could definitely like I could definitely see if they really made it as big of a deal as all like the news outlets make it. If that was an internalized thing that was like super like big deal, I could definitely see how that could like affect. Like, sure, you're the main focus is supposed to be the players, not the leave that to the marketing department and leave that to the the outside news sources. So I can see, I, I, but I, I really highly doubt that it was made of, so I'm, I'm sure there's other aspects where the Chiefs are clearly lacking in. Like the eight stadium, they have the third oldest stadium and it, it's good to see that they're trying to, you know, combat that and 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 try to improve those grades. What were you going to say, Brandon? Um, No, I just, I got everything. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven things that they grade Um. And the NFLPA, I guess, is what you would call it. So I'll just I'll just start from the beginning for y'all for the Chiefs. 
so we know why they're so bad. So the Chiefs first one up is treatment of family. They got a D they got a D plus. Um next one, food and cafeteria, they got a C minus. Um nutrition slash dietitian, they got an F, which oh, I just like this is crazy. Like a team, like a Super Bowl team, you know. Locker room F, training room D, training staff F, Jeez. weight room C plus. Hey, dude, C's get degrees, man. Yeah, it's the weight room was not lacking completely. You know, C's get degrees. Good, good for them. C plus there. C's get degrees. Y'all heard it from Coleman, man. Yes, sir. All right, next one, strength, strength coaches C plus, team travel D. Um, head coach A plus and owner F minus. F so, minus is crazy. One, two, F minus three, is insane. Four. They got four Fs. So I mean, I, I don't know. The Chiefs just aren't doing anything right. Apparently, like well, well, if anything, this just speaks to like how much this doesn't matter in terms of winning championships. And he hear me out. I'll, I'll I'll harp on my own team. As you can see by the number thirty one team having just won back to back, and then the number two team had never won and has never won the Super Bowl ever. And, and probably will never. So there's that. Um, so, I mean, I if mean, you yeah, look, some of the most winningest teams are at the bottom. Pittsburgh. Patriots, yeah. Whoa. Oh, all time. Yeah, all time. I, I'm sure. I was like, bro, I thought well, we were talking about now. I was you like, think the Patriots always been that way. And cities that way now. And then uh, the Steelers have pretty much always been that way. They haven't always like pampered their players and stuff. So, I mean, I, I think that sure. maybe, I think that maybe like preaches to something more. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the only team in the top 10 that has really won, uh, like, a lot in, like, history would be the 49ers, but, I mean, Packers I don't know. right there. I get, yeah, Packers too, but I'm, I'm talking, like, like five plus. Yeah, well, sure. Packers have, like, what, six? I, I mean, they're all Mickey four. Mouse ones, but four. Four, they yeah, four. but they're, they're all terrible, like, and, and predate, like, most of our lineage, our family history. But they're they're still they're still there anyway. Um, so that's interesting about the NFLPA. I wonder like what people really think about it and how much that makes franchises want to change with the, what they're they've graded. But I honestly don't think they care. Uh, that's my yeah. immediate guess. But we can move on unless you guys have anything else to say. No, I don't think, I think right. we can move on, man. Cool. Let's move on. This is one that I've been really wanting to talk about for for a, a minute. Um, the NBA competition committee finally decided that they're going to have a meeting that either one job they probably get paid five hundred thousand dollars a year just to have have the occasional call call meeting like every five years to, to talk um so they're, they're pretty rusty so you got to give them a little bit of time but but anyway basically the, the whole real reason why they were uh, decided to meet was adam silver brought this to their attention i'm pretty sure uh and, and the whole deal with the nba right now is offenses are very overpowered uh, and, and it's good for the game if you if you think about it from a ratings perspective. I, the NF, or sorry, the NBA was experiencing a big drop in ratings after Michael Jordan retired. I don't know if that you know had any like uh, correlation, but that was definitely a uh, um, definitely a. Uh, you think it did? Okay. Well, there's that. But anyway, uh, so there was ratings decline, and there was all those rule changes to make it so that the offensive scored more, and it was a more like viewable game. Like it was a you can like turn it on and actually have fun because it's it's 82 games, man. I think mean, it's kind of repetitive at sometimes. So they're hoping that there'll be some more flashy plays, all that stuff, the three point line, uh, all that stuff. Anyway, so teams are now averaging like almost, or I think it's more than 20 points more than they were per game than they were 20 years ago from today. Um, so some informal propositions that uh, we've, we've brought up or people from the basketball community have, have brought up. Uh, one of them is 
uh, making the three-point arc at a different sort of like angle. So like making it extended, not lengthwise, but widthwise. So it'd be wider and corner threes would be harder. And the main reason or thought behind that is that, you know, corner threes are the easiest three to hit in the game. It's the most common three. It's the highest percentage three and limiting those. And what I mean by limiting is the three-point arc would be extended to where there would be less space to have your feet in the corner for the three-point arc. And that would hopefully decrease the amount of three-point shots from the corner and then leading to less scoring and and all, all that stuff. I don't really know how much that would help in, in terms of accomplishing the goal, but it's definitely like a, a thing that you could think about in getting rid of those corner threes, which are a large major, a large portion of, uh, of those three-point shots taken per game. Another uh, proposition that I saw was to get rid of uh, or start allowing hand, hand checking. And Josh could probably add to this more than I could because he's a ref. Uh, and he sees it more than I do. Josh, what, what do you think would happen if they were to allow hand checking, at least in uh, the games that you ref, and, and and how would that play impact in scoring? Well, I mean, it's just it gives the defense a more of an advantage. So, like offensively, like usually if you see two, like if you see two hands of the defender touched off the player, it's usually automatic, and that's where the hand check is two hands. I mean, you can always put one hand out there, but usually, like when you see their palm like against the player, so I can't really. It's a podcast, so I can't really show you, but like. You can have your arm extended and your fingertips extended, but whenever your your wrist breaks like and it's vertical, like I don't know how to explain it. Like you can see that they're using force to kind of like direct the offense player, and if they allow hand checking, that's even more of a, a advantage to the defense because you can finally put two hands on them, kind of push them the way you want to, sure, um, or direct them that way. I mean, if you saw it in the NBA today, there'd be a lot of complaints. Like, I hate to call my boy out like this, but uh, in, uh, Devin Booker, he'd be complaining probably. Oh, uh, for LeBron, sure. LeBron would definitely. He would freaking have a. He would have a whole social media post about it. There'd uh, be a Luke, fit among players for sure. It's a bit. Dude, to be fair though, it is a big. Like, it's a pretty large uh, adjustment. I mean, it may seem like insignificant, but like, they're so discipline on what they're able to and able and not able to do unless you're Carl Anthony Towns and you still haven't figured it out but they they know the rules and like what you're supposed That's to do and, stray, dude. that was a and, stray shot at Carl I think it's something that I can I I'm allowed to do as a Timberwolves fan I, he, he's 10 years into his career anyway and he still hasn't figured out how to but you know you know what I mean I, I think that's like a it would be a radical change I, I feel like as much as it sounds like oh wow one more hand like what is it what does it really matter I still think it's a it's a big it's a big thing I think it, I think it definitely matters I don't think yeah. it's like Brennan, do you have any thoughts about that? Do you think they should add anything else? There's one more, but I want to hear what you have to say so far. Um, no, I mean, I don't really think expanding. I mean, I don't, I don't like expanding the three-point line. I mean, yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like that idea at all. I think you know, if if the NBA wants less scoring, they need to, um, you know, encourage defense like they used to. Um, like. You know, I'm just gonna. I don't want to just say like the bad boy Pistons, but I mean that was like you know, more like a defensive era back then. And I mean, you know, if you just looked at like what they would do to Michael Jordan, you know, the NBA like you can't even touch LeBron without him crying or it's a foul, you know. So I mean, I think the NBA needs to either a just you know decide that scoring is better for the game; it makes it more enjoyable. Or B, you know, they just, they don't care about tiny fouls, you know, as much, which allows play, players to play more aggressive on defense. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think they just need to figure it out. Also, from like a ref perspective, like 
if they would just call it straight up, like the NBA, instead of like catering to these players, like every time a player complains about a call or throws their hands up or something like that, it's supposed to be by rule a technical. It's called, yeah. you're, I mean, you're arguing with the official about a call. You're not supposed to do that. So like if they do it, if they call it by book more often than just like feeling how the game goes, which I mean, you're supposed to do that as a ref too, but like they do it to an extent of like, they don't even follow the rules at some points. Like if somebody walks, Oh, that's LeBron. He he didn't mean to do that. Yeah. No, you got to call it. I mean, I think this is getting kind of ridiculous in that aspect of it. And you see all these refs cutting up with players and stuff like that. No, I mean, I don't know. I just it kind of gets know what you mean. on my nerves. It's definitely like oh. they got to stay consistent with the calls for sure. All right. Well, there's also one more thing that I wanted to add. Someone also suggested a three second violation being removed for the defensive side. And and one thing. We were talking about it before the podcast. I was talking to Josh and Brandon about how that would kind of allow people like Wembenyama or Rudy Gobert or um, how tall is Yusuf Nurkic? 7'2"? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, all these seven footers. You put all these footers in the paint and you just have them stay there with their hands up. Minute bowls in the paint. Like You're, you're never going to have any driving and you're going to have more three-point shots. on. Average. I mean, that was my kind of rationale. Sure, it makes the game like harder um for the offensive side but does it really though because i mean if you have a guy in the paint you're going to be spread out on defense or sorry not as spread out you're not going to be able to cover every guy if you're having a guy just in the paint with his hands up which i know is like not exactly what would happen but i'm sure it would happen for, for a lot more than it is now and I, I just think that would lead to more threes so that's kind of my argument against why getting rid of the three points like wouldn't or the three second violation would not be the only thing you should do if, if you're trying to make the game more defensive sided or a little less offensive sided, because I don't know if they're trying to make it defensive sided, they're just trying to balance it out more. But I don't know. That's just my. Uh, I get what you're saying. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen that clip of Luca where he's like, "It's easier to score in the NBA than it is yeah. in Europe," and that's yeah, because I wait for him to get out of the paint. No, yeah. well, because in Europe there is no right. three second rule. Sure, so like, saying, but he said he waits for him to get out of the paint. So I mean, yeah, if you're the guard, you know, you just wait and then boom, fast twitch. So I mean. I think I think a defense of three seconds. I think they should get rid of it. Coleman, do you have a feel good story of the week for us? Yeah, really quickly, I have a feels good story of the week. Something I've been trying to keep up with. Uh, we got the Raptors coach, uh, Darko Rakovic, uh, re- recent coach, recent hire, uh, as of this year, promised the Raptors players a pizza party if they were finally able to string three consecutive wins together because they haven't been able to do that all season. Uh, he was frustrated because I mean. They're not doing great, but like they're still not a, a Pistons or a Spurs or a, or a Hornets or a, a Wizards. You know, they're not the bot. They're not those four bottom feeders. You know, sorry, Brandon. Um, but they're they're not. They're really not. They're like four games, I think, outside of the out of getting into the play-in. Um, so I think that was cool. And, and obviously, they were able to. The, the feels good part of the story is that they were able to able to accomplish that. They got their three games in a row. One of the games, I think, the most recent one was against the Pacers, and uh, Scotty was Scotty Barnes was able to uh, get his I think fourth triple double of the year. So. Young guy getting his uh getting his his uh putting in that work, getting his name out there. So I think that's cool. I, I recently I realized like how many fans the Raptors have because I mean you're in Canada anywhere else besides Toronto, uh, you're you're probably a Raptors fan no matter what because it's the only team in Canada. I didn't realize like how many like fans they had until just recently. Like they have a ton of like supporters, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the Raptors. I'm not sure if they're gonna be a a pretty good playoff team if they even make the playoffs. And by playoffs, I mean play in. Uh, they're in the 11th spot right now in the East. Um, so yeah, they still got some work to go, but they'll, they'll need a plenty more pizza parties uh, for for celebrating some three games in a row win streaks if, if they want to make the the playoffs. So there's that. 
that was, that was a good feel good story of the week there, Coleman. Um, I really like that you've thank you included this to our podcast. I, I think it you know it touched my heart there. But thanks, man. Time to move on to the courtroom. Um, this week I am y'all's judge. So everyone, all rise. Um, while I walk into the building, Judge Harkey, please. Thank you, thank you. Um, you may be seated. So thank today you. we are going over the best QB in the draft, the NFL draft of 2024, I believe. That is the year. So. Um, we'll just go with our, we'll say our defendant here is Coleman because it's the obvious choice. Coleman here is defending why the best QB in the draft is Caleb Williams out of USC. Now, Josh, our prosecutor is, you know, prosecuting that Drake May from North Carolina is a better QB prospect than Caleb Williams. So let's get started. I believe the prosecutor goes first. Okay. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. Uh, great to have you as a judge. Uh, um, just just happy to see an impartial judge on the stand today. Uh, you know, I, I come into this as a kind of an underdog, they might say. Uh, Drake may not consider to be the best, like you said, um, by, like for the most of the year. Uh, I did, I've heard some, uh, some rumors and some, some people saying like, yeah, Drake may is all this, all that. And I mean, uh, I believe him. I believe him 100%. Uh, some of my sources have been talking to me about uh, getting ready for these interviews, and they've, they've talked to Drake May about these NFL interviews. Say, great kid, uh, built like a dang house. All right, he's six on, on ESPN. He's six four, two hundred thirty pounds. Um, absolute unit, kind of like Josh Allen, Josh Allen type uh, body build. Uh, I've heard he's uh, listed wrong on here. He's supposed to be six five. So. Take that as you may. Um, no pun intended. Uh, so I'm just going to start with some of the stats real quick, just to let y'all have a baseline. Uh, so his junior, or no, his um, his redshirt, I mean, his redshirt freshman year, uh, he did complete seven passes out of ten. I uh, had a touchdown. And then his uh, freshman year after the redshirt, uh, he threw for 4,321 yards. 38 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Um, completion percentage of 66%, 66.2, sorry. He did attempt 517 passes, which is a lot. And then this this up, uh, last season, he attempted 425 passes, so a little less. And then 63% uh, completion percentage, 3,608 yards, and 24 touchdowns. Um his uh, QBR for this last season was 79.3. So I'll kind of just like let Coleman talk now because, um, oh, and also his rushing stats. Uh, he has 16 touchdowns in total uh, with a little over 1,000 rushing yards. So actually it's 1,100, a little over 1,100 for his career. Uh, so take that as you may. And um, yeah, I'll let Coleman get to his kind of point. I don't want to spew on too long. Yes. Well, yeah. Thank you, Josh. That was a hey. Sorry, sorry. Thank you, Josh. That was a good opening statement there. I um, didn't really know uh, Drake May had the legs like that. That's a that's a shocker to me. But we shall move on to Caleb Williams or Coleman Madden, as y'all know him. Uh, thank you, Judge. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, your your glorious honor. Um, uh, today I want to talk about uh Caleb Williams and and how he's a better uh prospect and quarterback than than drake may but i really don't think i need to just list out all the stats I mean, anyone can just look that up i don't know how that adds to the 
the conversation or anything by that. I mean, we can go. Well, I was just trying to give everybody. Hey, 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 order, order, order. Please let him speak. I'll get into my argument later. Okay. Thank you, Judge, for keeping the annoying disruptions out of the courtroom. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to keep peace. So we all know who Caleb Williams. We all know uh, how great of a quarterback he is and the comparisons that have been made. Uh, there's a certain guy that they compare him to who's just won his two Zerbals in a row. Uh, and, you know, he's going to be eventually argu uh, you know, arguably – in the same talks as a certain guy named uh, Tom Brady, but obviously we're talking about him versus Drake Mayne, who would be the best first round pick or first overall pick rather. And I think that I have the argument to back that up. Uh, I think that uh, combined with his stats and uh, in, in, in rating, I think he has the leadership, um, which is something that, you know, sometimes you don't talk about. And I think that some of the things that uh, the, the prosecution might uh, touch on ha has a little bit to do with uh, the character. And I, I, I think, uh, without knowing him on a personal level I, I don't i don't think you could speak to that so that's a little pre-fire pre-defense pre to what i think i'm about to hear in this this uh th this debate so i want to put that out there and you know with without uh, being, those are my intro not don't put that on record uh, because i would, uh, dude, I, would okay. I said that like, in common. Dude, please keep your courtroom yes, i'm sorry i'm sorry i mean i i was i am gonna ask all some questions so you know um i'm, I'm gonna have to have josh to keep it shut there um no you know. but i said that in confidence he shouldn't be your honor your honor I mean, I have to listen. To, I have to hear him out. You know, I'm a respectful judge. Um, but Josh, I'm gonna have to ask you to just let Coleman I'm please sorry. finish sorry, his judge. statement, and we can move on. You know, we can't be here all day. Thank you, Judge. I, I Coleman, think we have two strikes out of three. Continue where you were. And, okay. Uh, I think we're at two strikes out of three. Uh, hey, my final. Hey, Judge, this is unbelievable. These outbursts hey, are, are unparalleled. Brian Lebron, I, he just let me talk because he knows I'm right. I know, I know. I'm so like, like, You're not. You, you stop. Cut him off and say, "Who, who doesn't order. like some banner in their courtroom?" Yeah. Are you are you questioning his judge judgment? Wow. Okay. Um. Basically, the final thing I want to say is that it's kind of a clear consensus why Caleb Williams is a better pick. And to be honest, I'm just excited to hear whatever terrible arguments Josh has for why Drake Mame is ar arguably a better pick. I, I'm actually excited because I think this will be a blowout. Um. So I I'm excited, Judge. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Um, so after hearing both of y'all's opening statements, um, I think I'd like to hear from Josh first on just why Drake May is um, a better prospect than Caleb Williams. I mean, obviously, y'all both get two attempts. We'll play like tennis, you know, back to back, uh, as some would say. And um, so, Josh, I want you to start. Then I will ask you maybe one question, Coleman, then you can go. And then we'll get to our closing, you know, your closing statements. And then we can be done. Thank you, Judge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, well, first of all, I just want to attest to what Coleman was. I, I told him in confidence uh, about what my argument was kind of about, and he pre-fired, which is outrageous. And I hope that's stricken from the record. Um, I, his his leadership, quote unquote, Coleman says he's a leader in some way. I don't know how that's. Um, don't think that's possible. Uh, if anybody's ever watched uh, Caleb Williams, he didn't seem like too much of a leader to me. Uh, you know, and I, I've heard some some of my sources talk about their questioning his leadership and how he could handle a locker room. I mean, let's just look at last season. They 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 start out six and zero, and they fall to seven and five. So they lose five out of their last six games. Uh, I don't think a leader is going to let that locker room fall that far. Of course, USC very talented group. Uh, zero defense. I'll give him that. He, he had to put up a lot of video game numbers to try to stick with it. 
but also he was playing against some very bad defenses in the Pac-12. As we all know, Pac-12 defenses are not the greatest last year. Um, really, his, his four biggest games, he was nowhere to be found. Uh, Notre Dame, he only threw for 199 yards. Uh, I will say, though, against Oregon, he did, I mean, I guess Washington did better. Uh, he threw for 300, so good, kudos to him for Washington. Still lost that game, though, by 10. Uh, and then Oregon, he only threw for 290 yards. Uh, if he's such a Mahomes-type player, why does he not make plays when it matters? I don't know. Um, kind of just questioning that. And, uh, you know. And then Drake May, on the other hand, uh, full common collective quarterback. Uh, he, of course, uh, UNC didn't do as well as they hoped coming off his junior season where he had a record, uh, Nine and four, and they went to a bowl game against Oregon. They did lose that bowl game, uh, but by one point, Drake May did do a lot in that game. Um, uh, but this last season, be more recent, I guess. Uh, they also went to a bowl game. They did lose, but they went eight and five overall. I didn't see USC make a bowl game, Coleman, so I don't know if that preaches to his leadership or not. Um, I'm just going by what my sources say. They feel like Caleb, Caleb Williams can't... Uh, um, what's it called, lead a locker room like Drake May can. Uh, that's just what Source has been saying. I'm kind of basing it off other people's judgment. I understand that. But I'm I'm looking at it, if I was a team who I'm going to pick in, the best quarterback of the draft. Uh, Caleb Williams, 6'1", 215 pounds. So uh, not as, as a physical specimen as uh, Drake May. And um, I'll let Coleman make a point. And then I'm a I'm a dog uh, Caleb Williams a little bit after he makes his point, but that's kind of all the points I want to make. Kind of just leadership is a big thing. I think uh, he lost the locker room at USC, so you can kind of speak to that. And then uh, at UNC, I feel like Drake May kept it under control. Obviously, not as a talented group as uh, uh, USC had. So I mean, he, I think I think uh, Drake May did more with less while Caleb Williams. Did less with more. Um, yeah, I just that's pretty much all I want to say on that. And uh, I'll let Coleman give his argument, and then I'll come back. Um. Okay. Thank you. Um. I did. I was listening very closely, and you said uh, that North Carolina made a bowl game. Okay. Good. Let me let me talk. Let me, let me. Can I make the arguments, Judge? That that's kind of. Oh whoa, of, whoa whoa whoa. Hey, Judge, that, that's kind of judge off, dude. He's judge, really I, making a point. Can I, can I respond to? Because no, I know what you're he gonna will. say. No, he Your will. Honor. Your Honor, please. Am I am I taking your fire? Am I yes, taking your you're taking my. That, that's that was in what I was gonna say. I haven't written down my notes, Your Honor. Okay. Um. You know, I guess I'll let Coleman speak. Say it for that's himself. Crazy. Then. Thank you, Your uh -huh. Honor. Uh. Well, one thing I wanted to point out, Josh. It's it's you made a lot of uh points there. I wouldn't call them great points because actually some of them are wrong. You said UNC made a bowl game. You did admit that they lost, which they did. But you also said uh you or sorry UNC. You also said USC didn't make a bowl game, which they actually did and they won. So that's one thing that you kind of you, you kind of slipped Not up last there. Season. Yes, oh, they, yeah, did. they did. Yeah, they right, did. It was at the bottom of my page. They beat oh, Louisville. I'm sorry. You no, know, I think the people who win win court cases usually it was down farther down than all the way. That's my bad. It's all right. Well, uh, I, mean, I mean, no. To no, so no, hey, Caleb Williams did not play. Sure, but yeah, but but they did win. Did, they still. Oh, did. they won without him. Oh, wow, yeah. that's even better. Thank you. Overall, I, I think that your arguments are really flawed. I think they're in a basis a lot of like. They're based on a lot of like what you see on the internet and, and, and dialogue that you see about Caleb Williams that is just unfounded. I think the, he didn't lose the locker room. I think that the defensive coordinator, uh, Grinch, lost lost the locker room. 
uh, Alex Grinch. He was probably one of the worst defense corners ever seen after they lost to Washington by 10 points. Um, that he yelled at his defense, uh, and, and instead of uh, y figuring out what he needs to do himself, so he got fired, obviously. Um, and I think the, the main problem with USC last year, which is just the obvious general consensus, everyone knows that it was their defense, it was not the offense that was their problem. In fact, their offense overperformed. Um, I said that. I, excuse me, um, thank you. Uh, but I think the, the things that you were talking about in terms of Caleb Williams and, and the player that he is, uh, if you, you look at the stats, you look at QBR last season, uh, or every single season that they played in the NCAA, while I think his Drake may has been two years and, uh, and Caleb Williams has been three, every, every single season, uh, Caleb Williams has had a better QBR. So I think that's one thing you gotta, gotta know. I know it's not the only, the only thing, but there's a reason why people compare Caleb Williams to Patrick Mahomes. He's a super aggressive passer. Um, there's valid speculation whether over whether he'll be you know good right away, which I, I don't think it does. I don't think that matters because I'd rather have a bum for the first two years that turns into Mahomes than someone who's a consistent Justin Herbert for the rest of his career, which Drake May would be. Um, that's my that's my opinion, and that's not even to say I don't even think he would be a bum. But even if he was a bum for the first two years, I don't care. I don't care if it takes that long to develop. I, if you have the potential to draft the next Mahomes, I, I, you can't turn that down. There's no way that you can do that uh, as a GM. So that's my first argument. Uh, second argument is kind of about Drake May. Drake May makes a lot of poor plays. Um, he thinks every play is like a last second hail mary. He tries to do way too much, and I think that will hurt him in the NFL because uh, he's making hero oh. plays does not get get there. And I think. Uh, there's coaching in the NFL uh, that can try to fix that, but that doesn't mean it will happen. And an example of that would be Caleb, or sorry, not Caleb Williams. An example of that would be Justin Fields of the team that will decide between drafting one of these guys. Um, and I don't even think they're considering Drake May. I wouldn't be considering him. I think they're considering Jaden Daniels. Um, but yeah, last year, last season, Drake May's QBR was worse than Jordan Travis and DJU. Um, and the same, same with the season before. Uh, and in Williams' first season, he had the highest true freshman QBR in 10 years. Uh, and that points to his ability to start doing well and making an impact just right away. So I think that he'll be great in the NFL starting off. So that's just my second, my little argument there. Um, thank you there, Coleman. Um, that was a great point. <clears throat> I like I like both of y'all's arguments. So we'll go ahead. We'll get into the closing. Um, you know, I did I did say I was gonna have questions for y'all, but y'all have done enough banter already. So I think I'll let this slide. And uh, next time I'm the judge, I'll question y'all. But um, let's move on to our closing arguments and banter again, as some should say. I'm going to leave it to an open floor. You know, I'm going to let y'all speak. And if, if one of y'all has an objection, just um, please say something, you know, to me. Let me know that, you know, nicely instead of just barking at each other's ear, you know. Okay, like, Josh, let me say something and I'll let you jump in. Hey, hey Josh, can I, have, I have a question for you. Can I ask you something? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think that Caleb Williams, uh, do you think that he has poor leadership? And and what what about that? What about him? Do you think makes or what, what makes you think that he has poor leadership? Just what, what what have you seen? Well, I mean, I've seen a lot of reports, people questioning his leadership. I mean, it's one of the bigger topics on ESPN every day. I mean, if you watch ESPN, but um, other than that, like, have you ever seen a uh, leader, quote unquote, leader after a loss go into the stands and cry to his mother on national TV? Like, that, I feel like that just. I mean, I I feel for the man. I really do. I feel that he. He was passionate about the game. I get that 100%. But if I'm a leader, my team needs me to step up and be a man and not be like, oh, mom, I need I need you to hug and I need to cry. I feel like it's poor leadership at that point. Uh, that's on national TV too. So, like, what goes on behind closed doors, uh, I don't know. 
And, and that's something I, I think we should focus on. The whole what goes on behind closed doors, you don't know. Sure, he cried. To, I think that points to a lot of uh, points to a lot of uh, passion. And, and I know you right. mentioned that, but but let, let me let me keep going. Uh, I think first remember Caleb Williams is the better talent according to basically all analysts. And I think if the issue rests in your opinion on his character, which you wouldn't even know because not only have you never talked to him. You've never, you haven't met him and you have let alone even see him in person before. So if you were an NFL GM, how are you going to let an internal dialogue besides one measly like frame on a camera? How can you let an internal or internet, not internal, internet dialogue influence what could be uh, a franchise defining decision? He could be the next Mahomes. And I don't think you can pass up on that. And his ceiling's okay. way higher anyway. So that's my point. Okay. Uh, first of all, to answer your question, if I was an NFL GM, I'd be having conversations with him throughout the season or when we had this, uh, interview process but I, i'm not obviously so i'm kind of just basing it off with what i see and i'm sorry that i'm not caleb williams best friend from freaking middle school and i don't know him personally deep down but i'm just going based on what i see and my gut feeling with him i mean i'm sorry that i don't have inside track on every nfl player in the league that's my bad well then you can't uh, hold them against him for something like that yes you can like that's just my wow. opinion you need to that's know what i that. see no, you don't. Uh, if you need to know someone for their leadership and stuff like that. Do you think people that, that question him on ESPN know him personally? No, I don't. Okay, well then I'm doing the same thing, Coleman. It's called journalism. Just because I don't know him personally doesn't mean I can't make an assumption about him. Well, it's, def it's definitely not fact-based in that point, which I think is important here. Fact-based definitely definitely proves a what lot. Was fact what was facts besides the stats and the in the games? The stats and the games. That's that's what it is. That's facts. Okay. If you look at anything. Well, here's another right. fact Everything else is just Caleb speculation. Here's another fact for you. Caleb Williams cannot pre read progressions. Uh, if you watch him for, oh, like, just watch a game of Caleb Williams, he creates pressure that's not there. Uh, I was actually watching, uh, that, uh, I don't remember his name, uh, the dude from, uh, he, he's on TikTok now, but he used to be a Green Bay Packer backup. Uh, I know you're, uh, I know you're Bert, 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 Bert something? Bert yeah. Kreischer? No. Oh, Bert, it's Kurt Beckenhart, bro. Kurt, All right, yeah, Kurt Beckenhart. Thank you that. so much. Uh, thank you, Judge. He was talking about his inability to make progression reads and he creates pressure that's not there. So like escaping from the pocket when he doesn't need to instead of stepping up in the pocket. And he, he compared him and Drake May and that's an NFL, like that's an NFL vet, you know, and he, he has to do that for a living. He can kind of read and he's watched a lot of football. And he says that if he does that in NFL, he'll not be successful. And that's what he did his whole time at USC. He got away with it because he's so athletic and so like he's, such, he's a good player, but and then okay. that's not going to work out for and, and you know what my Drake, final my or sorry okay, my, my, i can't make a point no, no, no so you keep going i thought you were done and drake, and drake may he makes the right read and progression like you said though he he does have a tendency to kind of treat things like he needs to take it all instead of taking a check down sometimes and i get that i think bo Nix is the best check down in the in the draft but i think um drake may can read progressions better than caleb williams which will make him more successful especially in the beginning, but even like long-term, uh, he'll become more uh, comfortable with this situation. Go ahead, I'm sorry. My very last response to any, anything, it'll be super short, and those criticisms that you that you laid out by by the former Green Bay Packers analyst and all those things that you were saying, th those are sound similar to me. And the, and the reason they sound similar is because they're the exact same things that were said about Patrick Mahomes before he was drafted and became the best quarterback in the NFL. That's my closing statement. Thank you. Thank you to the courtroom. I rest my case. Yeah, but um, we're talking. Okay, okay whatever. Oh, 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 no. Uh, so Coleman has clearly um, provided all the information he needs to. Josh, if you have like any last second things you'd like to add before we, you know, go to a vote from the jury, um, go ahead. Speak your speak your case. 
No, I mean, really, I just I feel like Patrick Holmes got put in a great situation. I don't think I don't see Caleb Williams being put in that situation to to progress where he needs to progress. So I just I feel like you're you're putting too much weight into the fact that he's a great athlete, which Drake May is just as good an athlete. I feel like, and he's built better. Like he's not going to be uh, he can be able to take hits like Josh Allen. Uh, I think he's a better Josh Allen, and if Josh Allen could learn how to read a progression like Drake May, we'd have we'd be having a different conversation between him and Patrick Mahomes right now. That's just how it is. Um, that would that would be a good good statement. Besides the fact that you think Drake May is a better Josh Allen, um, that was a little wild to me. But, um, I think, hey, we will we will go to recess, and the judge will now think about. Or the jury, which is the judge, trying to think about the court decision. Um, both of y'all did good, man. I can't lie. Let me look at my notes here, though. <laughs> okay, okay. <clears throat> the judge has come back. Um, so as y'all all know, this was best QB in the draft. Um, y'all started talking about some personal things about leadership and. You know, lack of leadership, right? I think in the NFL, that's something he can learn to adapt to. Obviously, he'll have better people under his wing. Um, and the fact, you know, Drake May and Caleb Williams, they're really two different people. Drake May has a, a bigger arm with more accuracy, while Caleb Williams has that, you know, drive to make athletic plays outside of the pocket. And, you know, he has great playmaking. And I get, like, what Josh is saying, you know, that, that won't correspond to the NFL. But I just think, like, at the college level, obviously, it's different. But you can't knock Caleb Williams for the games that he did lose because, like, you did say Washington and Oregon. But, I mean, Washington was a college football, you know, playoff national representative. They came in second. And, I mean, he barely lost Oregon. Nothing against Drake May. Um, He lost some games that he shouldn't have lost, like Georgia Tech. You you can't lose that one. And I, I, I think... I think Drake May is a great talent. Um, he obviously had less production, you know, you know, less stars at North Carolina. But I think for a better QB, that's the title of the thing. Best QB in the draft. I think I, I'd still, although Caleb Williams does have personal problems with no agent, I think, you know, he could grow his leadership. Nothing against Drake May. He's an absolute talent, but... It's the courtroom best QB in the draft. I'd have to give it to Caleb Williams just because of today's NFL. You look at Patrick Mahomes and like that's what Caleb Williams does, which I mean, who doesn't want a shade of a two-time NFL MVP? Sure, sure. Thank, thank you, thank you so much for agreeing with what I have to say. I have to mention to the the audience, Josh, Josh Sykes, uh, he he actually left the uh, Zoom call when he heard the ruling, which I think points to his uh, immaturity. So, uh, brief intermission while we get him to join back. I didn't leave my computer. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, Josh or Brett, Josh, can we hear an explanation of why, um, or what your thoughts, just really quick? Uh, I think uh, we'll figure this out in about five years when. Caleb Williams is like a Kyler Murray on a team that's terrible, and he just wants to scramble all the time, can't make a read. And uh, Drake May is a better Josh Allen. All right, you heard it here first. And really quick, let's uh, move on and wrap up our picks of the week for last week. Last week, we went 
uh, or I went terrible. I did. Te I did actually horrific. So there's that. Um, last week, Josh went six and four. Brandon went four and six, and I went three and seven. Now total, Josh and Brandon are tied for first place. They're both thirty nine and thirty one for a total of fifty five point seven percent, and I am one game behind in second place. Uh, thirty eight. Or sorry, I guess I'd be third place. Uh, so thirty eight and thirty two. So fifty four point two percent overall. So yeah, that's the uh, really tight race here. Josh and Brandon are ahead of me by just one game. Uh, hopefully that will change with these upcoming games. So starting off on Friday, we get the Mavericks at the Celtics. Uh, we all have the Celtics winning that. Saturday, we have number seven, Kansas at number 15, Baylor. We all have Baylor. Um, and then this, it, switch ups, or it starts to switch up when we get to, on Saturday, another game. Number five, Marquette at 12, Creighton. Josh and Brandon have Marquette. And I have Creighton. I think Creighton has a has an upset within them. And then we have number four, Tennessee at number 14, Alabama. All of us have Bama. Uh, on Sunday, we get the Clippers at the Wolves. Josh and Brennan are going with the Clippers as there was some uh, questionable plays by the Wolves last week, uh, which caused them to not have faith in them anymore, which I understand, uh, especially as a Wolves fan. But I have the Wolves. I'm rocking, I'm rocking with my team. Um, and uh, another game on Sunday, we have the Thunder at the Suns. Really good uh, West slates on Sunday here. We got the, all of us have the Suns, though, even though I think the Thunder have a pretty good chance at that one. That's probably the one I'm most up in the air in. Um, yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I would have known y'all were all going with the Suns. I would have gone with the Thunder, but yeah. too late. Probably a probably a, a reasonable gamble to take, uh, considering what the benefits would be. Monday we got the Clippers at the Bucks. Uh, Josh and I have the Clippers. Brandon, why do you have the Bucks? Well, I can tell you. Um, you know, most people think it's Giannis, but um, I think Damian Lillard. Um, you know, I think he's gonna come around after All Star break and really elevate the Bucks to another level. And uh, Giannis has obviously been playing out of his mind, and I think that the Clippers, you know. I, I just don't think they got back-to-back -back games in them, you know, traveling from Minnesota the, to then okay. Milwaukee. Dude, it's it's two days in between. It's not Sunday to Monday. Oh, you're right. No, I, I'm mistaken. I, I I was looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a what a what a oh, are well, you okay? Have like a well, what a, or something. What a what a 20 minute flight. Oh, geez, all the way from Minnesota to Milwaukee. What are we gonna do? Uh, moving on, we got number ten Duke at number. Sorry, at number. They're not. They're not ranked. Number ten Duke at NC State. We got all of us have Duke. Pretty uh, self-explanatory. But NC State, to be fair, it is kind of a rivalry game. Not really, but um, they do. Uh, they're at home and they're they've been pretty well in the ACC. They did lose to FSU last night, so there's that. So they're not the all-powerful, but they're still pretty good. And then last two games on Tuesday, we got the Celtics at the Cavs. We all have the Celtics. I think they're on like a nine-game winning streak. It's like the most of the season for them so far. They're pretty, pretty doing pretty well right now. Uh, that's an understatement. And then last game of the week, we've got the Suns at the Nuggets. And all of us have the Nuggets, except for Josh, who has the Suns. Josh picks his team. Josh, why do you have the Suns? Uh, I just feel like this is a statement game, kind of like they want to win the West, so they got to go through Denver. Sure. I think that's the way they'll play. Gotcha. All right. Well, without with all of that being said, I want to thank everyone for listening to the entire duration of this podcast. Uh, it really means a lot to hear you guys uh, voice your thoughts and comments on social media, which you can follow us at. Follow us at if you go to Instagram and look up uh, Show Wildcards, you can find all of our social medias there. Um, and yeah, with that being said, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week uh, and peace out for me. Peace. See you.